everybody. Welcome back to It's the Little Things podcast. I'm super excited to have Callie here today with me. I um, She spoke at Breakaway the other night, which was so cool, and it was in front of so many people. So, like, I'm very impressed that you could do that because I could not. But I'm very excited to have you here. And um, I just wanted to, you know, give your message. It was so good. And so I'm very excited to just kind of hear more about you and, you know, your testimony and all that. Hey guys, I'm Callie. That's so kind of you to say also. What the heck? <laughs> Purely the Holy Spirit. None of that was me. Um, but yeah, like I said, my name's Callie. I am graduating from Texas A&M University this Friday, which is wild. Um, and then I'm going on to pursue a master's in counseling at Dallas Theological Seminary, which is huge. Um, but I would love to just share a little bit of my testimony, a little bit of my story. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was 17 years old. I... I guess it was the senior going into my senior year. Um, a friend of mine invited me to go to church camp, classic camp story, um, to go to church camp with her youth group. And literally, like, the camp was at um, a beach that summer. And so I literally heard, like, blah, 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 beach. And I was like, okay, great, I'm there. Um, so I went to church camp with her youth group. And second night there, um, I remember the guy leading worship. He was leading into a song that I'm sure all of you know how he loves. Mm -hmm. And he made a comment about, um, like, how the people in the room, he was like, we're going to sing the song about how the Lord loves us fully. And I know, um, he was like, I'm sure many of you hear this, and you're like, okay, yeah, like, the Lord may love fully. He may love everyone, desire everyone, but he couldn't love me. Like, I'm too broken. I'm too damaged. I'm too far gone. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that and been like, okay, that's exactly how I feel. Like, everyone around me at that point, I was – kind of raised in the church. I was raised going to a Catholic church. Um, and so the message I got there was very works-based, very much like do what you can for God and maybe you'll get into heaven after a certain amount of time being refined. And obviously that's a very discouraging (laughs) message to hear. Um, but hearing that for the first time of like, okay, there are other people out there who feel too broken, who feel too damaged, but that is not true like you can't be too broken you can't be too damaged you can't be too far gone for the lord to to save you and bring him bring you near to himself and so heard that and literally broke down weeping in tears um and then it was the next night we were there that i heard the gospel like the true gospel for the very first time Mm -hmm. um i had never heard of the word salvation didn't know what it was i had no clue like i knew jesus died i knew he rose but it never like was actually explained to me like hey this is why jesus died like he the son of god came down fully god fully man and he took on the debt that you owe like he did that he died that you would be saved Mm -hmm. i just like never really heard that truly Mm -hmm. and it never really hit me and i was like oh my gosh that is the gospel message like Mm -hmm. that's like christmas and easter like all these things kind of like the main holidays we'd celebrate growing up like they made sense but also it took me into a much deeper understanding of God's character and so that night went had a conversation um with my leader and I was like hey (laughs) um I feel like I just ran into a brick wall is how I feel but I've never felt so held and so like cared for Mm -hmm. and I've never seen God in this light before ever um and so that was when I placed my faith in Jesus. I was baptized two days later, which oh, was so wow. cool. Yeah, I literally didn't know, like, anyone there other than, like, two people, which was very – I'm a very anxious person, so that stressed me out. Um, 
But I was like, I'm okay. I want to get baptized. Like that's, I know that's the next step. That's a step of obedience. I want to do that now. Mm -hmm. And so got baptized, um, and really like came home. And I remember coming home, obviously, like if you've been to camp, if you've been to D-Nows, like, you know that camp high, like, Mm -hmm. that D-Now high, like, for the two weeks after, you're, like, gung-ho for Jesus, like, quiet time every day for two hours a day, like, you're telling everybody and their mom about the Lord, which is incredible, but it's a high, like, you fall and you crash, and it was a loving of the people around me at the time in that youth group, like, one of my mentors, her name's Haley, I will talk more about her later, um, (laughs) But they told me, they were loving, they loved me enough to tell me, hey, you will fall, you will crash. Mm -hmm. In those moments, remember, like, who God is. Like, don't, don't, like, be discouraged. Like, know that's going to happen. Like, it's just normal. Like, you're going to fall, you're going to crash. Like, intimacy with the Lord is something to fight for. And so, came home. I'm a very, like, I'm the baby of my family. I've gone through many phases, um, (laughs) many phases. And so, I think when I came home, it seemed like some of my family was very much like, okay, she's in the Jesus phase, like this will pass. And I came off that high um, and fell into a lot of sin that I had never fallen into before, um, which is, it kind of cracks me up that like the sin I fell into, I fell into after I came to the yeah. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, like cool. Um, but I was going into my senior year of high school. The people I surrounded myself with were not chasing after the Lord at all. Um, and I would drink to get drunk. I did things that I never thought I would do. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I fell into sexual sin. Like there were things that that even like I felt the enemy using against me of like, Hey, you fell into this. Like the Lord doesn't love you anymore. Like he, he's not for you anymore. Like blah, 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 blah. You know, the classic lies that the enemy likes to feed us. And so my senior year really like baby believer stumbled all over the place um and was very but I was very grateful and very lucky to have a mentor in this girl her name's Haley Wisman she was a senior at East Texas Baptist University at the time and whenever like you hear someone say like think you're the most godly person you know like always she pops into my head um because she showed me what it looks like to pursue the Lord Mm -hmm. um she showed me what it looks like to lean into your brokenness and repent of it and turn and run into the open arms of the father because his arms will never close. Like he's, he's holding you always. And so even through my senior year, stumbling all over the place, I had a mentor that loved me well, that pointed me to the Lord at every turn. And then come into college my freshman year, um, that was the year like the Lord used to completely transform my life, really. Um, I had no friends. I didn't really have community at all my freshman year. Um, and the Lord at every turn was showing me, Hey, like I am all you need. I am your sustainer. I am where your satisfaction is found in my presence. There's fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, that year showed me what it looks like to literally just love him, pursue him alone above all else. Um, and then from that year got involved with breakaway, um, found my community in breakaway. Um, and then the Lord, like, has been showing me what it looks like to live in community, to live fully known and fully loved by him and by his people. Um, and he's grown me. It's crazy. I've literally in June, it'll be five years since I've known the Lord, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Cause like, that's really not that long in the grand scheme of things, but at the same time, it feels like I've known him forever mm-hmm. and he's grown me in ways that are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would have never thought like 
two years ago, if you had told me I was going to be sharing the gospel at Breakaway, I probably would have laughed in your face. (laughs) And that is just like a testament. Like the Lord's kind and he's gracious and he grows in his time. Mm -hmm. Praise God. (laughs) Because if he grew in my time, I would not not be doing well. Um, And so he's, he's delivered me through times of suffering. He, he's just proven time and time again of his faithfulness so five years knowing jesus it's a great time <laughs> yeah but yeah that's my story yeah for sure um i think well, you have a lot of good things about your testimony and your story and um one thing i've talked about a lot is discipleship and like yeah. you said you know without your mentor you know you kind of have would have been yeah. lost in that and so that's something that I've talked about a lot is I want to be better at discipleship because right. you can, you know, talk to someone about the Lord, but if you just like leave them with all that and let them go, yeah. they have nothing to go off of. Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, like I grew up in a very Christian home and I was very fortunate in that aspect. So like, yeah. you know, of course I've struggled with sin too. And it's like, you know, it's bad, but you do it anyways. And that's kind of like, yeah. but, um, but like, I've been very fortunate to have, a lot of older women in my life that have been able to mentor me and I can ask questions and they have answers sometimes, you know, not always there's an answer, but, but that's kind of part of the the magic of the Bible, I guess. (laughs) Um, but I just think it's crazy that, you know, discipleship is so important in how much it can change your life. And like you said, it, it happens over a time period and it's so crazy to like look back and you're just like wow I can't believe that happened or like I can't believe I was once like so lost and now I'm like I'm lost but at least I know the direction I'm going in and you kind of don't see your progress until you really look back like oh I was talking to a coworker last night and I was like I'm I'm like had been deathly afraid of the dark for a long time like an un I'm not even embarrassed of it anymore because I was like, I grew up being afraid of the dark. It's like there's, and I think, um, it's just what it was. And so I had been really in my devotion because one of my, uh, podcast guests gave me this planner. It's like a, it's like the best season planner. It's like a three month thing. And you do devotions every day. You write what you learn. You write prayer requests. You like who you're going to, you know, bless that day or pray for. And so I had been doing that because I loved the consistency of, like, getting to fill out, like, what I'm doing that day and all this stuff. So I got in this rhythm. Well, then last week with finals coming up, I got out of that rhythm, like, bad. And, you know, I was still able to, like, listen to sermons and, of course, do my podcast and everything. But I wasn't really in the Word. And the other night I was laying in bed and I turned the lights off and I felt fear. Like, and I hadn't, I hadn't been scared of the dark. I mean, it my dad loves to laugh at me because when I'm home, I turn off the lights and sprint to my bed across the house. And so that's what happened the other night. I was laying in bed and I called Adam, my boyfriend, and I was like, I'm scared of the dark. I need you to talk to me until I go to sleep because I'm scared right now. Yeah. He's like, just turn the light on. I said, but I want to go to sleep. Yeah. And so I was sitting there and I was like, I wonder why out of all of a sudden after the past couple weeks, this is the first time I've actually been scared. And then I, it hit me last night when I was talking to my coworker about, we were talking about scary movies and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm scared of the dark. And he was like, have you always been scared of the dark? And I was like, well, I was for a while when I was younger. And then it kind of went away. But the other night I realized, you know, you have to be, and like, it was through mentors and through people that showed me like, hey, when you're in your word, some of those things that you struggled with disappear and you don't even realize it and so that's what happened with me it like disappeared and I was like 
didn't even know that I wasn't even afraid of the dark anymore until all of a sudden I was afraid of the dark again. And I was like, that's so weird. (laughs) But it just made me think of that when you were talking about, like, discipleship. You have these, like, mentors that help you through that stuff. And, like, consistency in the word, of course, is important and all that. And so, but, yeah, I I mean, I just love your story um, and how you were Catholic before. That's crazy. Is your family still Catholic? Yeah, so my family... um it's more so my mom's side of the family. They are Catholic, um, which has been like, if I'm being completely transparent, it's been something that's been difficult to navigate. Um, cause growing up Catholic, I didn't really know Catholic doctrine. Like I didn't fully know like kind of the core beliefs of the Catholic church. Um, all I knew is that I would go to church on Sundays and I, hated it um I would literally lay in bed till the last possible second like hoping my mom would just let me sleep she never did um and I would always just leave feeling kind of purposeless or kind of discouraged like I another part of my story which I didn't really mention hugely but I um deal with depression and anxiety I have those lovely disorders and that the Lord has used to really refine me honestly um but when I started struggling with depression and anxiety a lot of the things that I was told because of who I was surrounded by at the time were like oh you just don't have enough faith like you just don't you don't pray hard enough oh well it's because you're not practicing the sacraments like do you go to confession well that's probably why you're anxious or like you know these things so like even in struggling with those things I would leave church feeling like God was nowhere, like to the point where I was like, I, if this is who God is, I don't want any, I don't want anything to do with him right. because how good can that God be that I would have to do all these things? And then maybe he'll love me. Maybe he won't mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't seem worth it to me. Um, praise God. I've heard the gospel and I've tasted and seen his goodness and here we are. Um, but it's been hard to navigate with like some of my family being Catholic and, and like I have some friends that are that are Catholic who I love dearly, and and it's it's tricky because like I see their love for the Lord, I see their heart for Jesus, and we can sit and have a conversation about Jesus all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it comes down to it, I'm like, okay. But all that aside, if like you like JP asked this question, like if you were to die tomorrow and you get to like the gates, you're face to face with God, and He says, okay, why should I let you in? Why? should he let you in? Like, is it because of these things you've done or is it because of the blood of Jesus? Is it because of what he's done? And so I think that's been the hardest thing for me, which I never know how to approach those conversations in a nice way. Cause I'm just like, I get so confused. I'm like, okay, but what do you, what do you believe about salvation? Right. Like I just need like peace of mind. What, and I praise God. Cause it's something I've been praying for, for years that he would give me peace of mind with my family and with, Catholicism in general and he has and like I know what truth is and I believe I believe truth and it's transformed my life and so I'm gonna preach God's word I'm gonna pray for those who don't know him and if you're Catholic and you want to have a conversation great like Mm -hmm. let's talk because I'd love to seek to understand where you're coming from and we can chat but yeah yeah kind of yeah yeah no and that was that's another conversation I've had a lot too is like of course, discipleship, but this that conversation starter that's really hard. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and something I've learned, the the best way to show God's love and kindness, is, or 
to tell people God's love and yeah. kindness is by showing it through your actions. Because, like, people are going to notice. That's something that I've grown up being told. People are right. going to notice that you're different. People are going to notice that you have Jesus in your heart without knowing that's that even what it is. And, um, and that's, that's really hard, too, because a lot of times you don't want to. Like, yeah. oh, gosh, when people come through the drive-thru and they're rude, I just want right. to be like, seriously, now let's just bring that back. Yeah, no, <laughs> just move on, go somewhere yeah. else. But that's something that's been, like, really trying for me. And I think that's what God is teaching me is, like, yeah. you can't just tell people you're Christian. Like, you have, you have to, to you have to show it. Yeah. And people aren't going to be like, hey, I want to follow Jesus if I'm just telling people I'm Christian and acting just like they are. Right. And so that's what's hard about that is, like, getting that conversation going and be like, Hey, I want to know more about like why you believe this. And like something David Platt said in his book, radical, which I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've read. Oh, I haven't read that book, but David Platt. So good. So good. If you're, yeah, if you're wanting like a wake up call, I feel like he is the best (laughs) to get that. But Oh yeah. Cause you went to passion. You saw Yeah. Oh man. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so yeah. So he says in his book, he's like, you know, salvation is obviously how you get to heaven but everybody can believe in jesus and still like you know you have to actually have to say that jesus is in your heart you completely are going to be transformed like you are going to walk the walk because he's in your heart and so that's kind of that shook me to my core and for a week i was like I didn't read any more of the book. Mm-hmm. I was because I was like questioning things. Like, sit things. in the wait. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait a second. Like, yeah. you know, I've been living this whole time. Just I had asked him in my heart and just thought that that was, like, that was it. Like, okay, I'm done and I can do whatever the heck I want to do, and I'm still right. going to heaven. But it's like, is he really in your heart if you're not changing right. the ways of your life? Because you can't walk around saying he's in your heart because the holy spirit transforms somebody and so with you saying like you know telling people it's so hard to get that conversation going and you just want to grab someone by the face and just be like please listen to me because i want you to come to heaven with me like oh i just have so many friends that it's like you know it's a journey like we grow together and it's so hard sometimes because you just want to be like hey let's sit and talk like I want you and me we're gonna go to heaven together and I want you to come with me but we got we got to talk some things out first (laughs) but it's just it's that's tough and that's what's hard about being in college too is everybody's figuring out who they are everybody's figuring out what they actually believe and it's kind of hard getting to that place because I was mocked I talked about this last night too I was mocked at my old school in Fort Worth, it was a public school, for being Christian. Yeah. And I had never, ever faced that before. And, of course, yeah, yeah we're told in the Bible that we're going to face those issues. Right. Um, but I had never actually done that. And so that was like, wow, people really are, like, hateful about right. Christianity. And so then it got me to the point where I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just talk to people who believe the same thing as me. Maybe I'll only be open about that in front of people I know are going to agree with me. And that's just, like... That's what the hard thing is. Yeah. Like, it's those hard conversations yeah. that could completely change somebody's life. And right. so I think that that is the, the craziest part about being Christian is, like, you, yeah. you've you got to walk the walk. You've got to have those hard conversations because that could completely change someone's life and bring them to Christ that might not have ever been brought to Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, which I love, you, I love that you brought up David Platt and you brought up that as well. I think... 
I think there's this incorrect notion um, in Christianity, namely here in America, that salvation comes when you pray a prayer um, or salvation comes when you walk down the aisle that Sunday morning at church when the invitation is made. Um, But I think it's in Matthew where Jesus says, like, not all those who call upon my name will I let into the kingdom of heaven. Um, because it doesn't look like just calling upon the Lord's name. It looks like the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Like the Holy Spirit indwells you, convicts, empowers you. It says in Acts 1, it empowers you to go be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I, I love that you even said like it's about walking the walk. Like you can tell someone about Jesus all day long, but you ultimately are not going to be the one that changes their heart. You ultimately are not going to be the one who saves. Like, and I think that's a hard, I think it's something we know, but it can be hard to accept because like, even with like some of my, my family members or like with people I'm close to, I'm like, I just want you to know Jesus. Like that's it. Like if you, if I could change your heart tomorrow, I would, but I am not God. Mm-hmm. That's a weight off the shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I am not God. That is not up to me. What? But what is up to me? Well, what's up to me is sharing the gospel. Right. It's sharing the truth of Christ. Like, that is what we've been commanded to do. Um, man, and I just, that's just huge. And I, I wish we as a nation would, like, as a church, would lean more into that of, like, okay, great commission, go forth, share the gospel, expand the church, and make disciples. And, like, we were even talking, you were talking about discipleship earlier, um, there was somebody in my life at one point who told me, it was like, at all times, look around. Who are you mentoring? Who is mentoring you? Where are the non-believers in your life that you're sharing the gospel with? Like, look around and where are those three groups? Um, and that's just made, that's been a huge, like, made a huge shift in my life of, okay, I'm going to prioritize mentoring someone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prioritize having someone to mentor me. And I'm going to prioritize having non-believers in my life that I'm sharing the gospel with, mm-hmm. that I am constantly reminding them of who God is, of whose they are. Um, and that does like, uh, those are hard conversations and, and that doesn't just come with like my words, but it comes with the Holy spirit working within you, um, cultivating the fruits of the spirit, being patient, being compassionate, being kind and showing the love of God in tangible ways. Cause I, I, and I think that's so cool. Like we, as believers, as people who have the Holy spirit indwelling us is children of God like we can be the tangible like kind of tangible pieces of God's love here on this earth on this broken earth and that's not by what we do it's not by our flesh it's not by our strength because it was by our strength and our flesh we would fail every single day and we do fail Mm -hmm. um so it's not by us but it's by him being our strength it's by God being our provider it's by the Holy Spirit indwelling us in and working through us that we are able to show people kindness and love and compassion and be that tangible piece of God's love mm-hmm. for this broken world, which I think is huge. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. I like how you said those three things. The, um, you know, who are you mentoring, who's mentoring you and having unbelievers in your life because yeah. I think so often it, it everything becomes like, Again, with I just read David Platt's book, so that's why it's like really yeah. on my mind. Hey, but on. he ta- <laughs> but he talks a lot about that same thing, like the American dream and the yeah. American Christianity that has been right. that's completely different than the Christianity that is taught in the gospel. Right. And something that he said is like it becomes very self centered. Like mm. 
what what can Jesus do for me instead of what I can do for Jesus? Like, what yeah. what does Jesus bring to the table in our relationship instead of like, right. Jesus, what can I do for you? Kind of like making you the main character. Exactly. In this narrative when that is so not the case. We are definitely the <laughs> side characters. We are. <laughs> no, we no, are. exactly. And so that's what's crazy to me is yeah. that like we are so self-centered and i and i and i have the same issue like yeah dude like oh gosh sometimes i get a conviction in my heart like okay i like i feel like i should pray for this person it's, mm-hmm. this happens all the time in the drive-thru and i like <laughs> not kidding like i'll be in the drive-thru taking yeah. someone's order and i'm like I, I feel like i should pray for this person and i they just don't seem like they're at all interested in talking to me. So yeah. then I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to, like, annoy them or, like, yeah. make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And it becomes, like, more about me, like, how people view me instead of me being like, hey, maybe this person right. really needed it. Or maybe that person right. really needed an extra encouragement for the day. Right. And so, like, that American view of Christianity is, like, you know, who's pouring into me? Like, yeah. who's mentoring me but not who am I mentoring? Mm-hmm. Because... Something the one of the reasons I started this podcast is so many people are struggling with similar things and feel yeah. alone. So like when you have something that you've you've lived your life and you've struggled yeah. with and maybe you're still going through it or maybe you are through it. There's somebody that is starting where you are now finishing. Yeah. And so they need the help that you have gotten from another mentor. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's so important discipleship, which is mentoring is like following through being that community for somebody because again we are always like we need i need community who can i put in my life who who can you be for somebody else like you can be community for somebody else instead of it always being like a one-sided thing like you guys could be there together working together but that person also needs community even if it is an unbeliever like you need to have those people in your life because if you're just surrounded by believers you're not Where's spreading, your yeah. right? You're not spreading the gospel. You're not. Where's your obedience? <laughs> yeah. Where well, is our obedience? Exactly. <laughs> We're like missing the big picture yeah. of the whole thing because, like you said, when you get to ha- oh man, I saw this TikTok the other day. I love TikTok. TikTok. Oh my gosh, I saw this oh, TikTok the other day and this kid and he said, "Imagine how amazing it would be if you get to heaven and God says, I know you before you even get a word out of your mouth. He goes, I know you because you did your job. You were a faithful servant. And that was like so amazing to me. And so it becomes more of like a, I'm not going to do a mission trip 10 years from now when I'm settled down and I have a career, I'm going to do a mission trip this summer or like, so it's like a sense of urgency because the Lord's coming back any day. And these people that are all on this earth, in David Platt's book, he says there are one billion people on this earth that have not heard the gospel whatsoever. Yeah. They've never even heard it. And yeah. so it blows my mind that we are we are just kind of like content and not mentoring, not discipling, not sharing the gospel. And it becomes like, like you said, if you, you never even had heard the salvation, you lived in America. You yeah. were... A, a Catholic, like you I went to church, you right? Know? And you had never <laughs> even know. heard salvation, and yeah. so I'm like, think about all the people who aren't in church, like have yeah. no idea about salvation, have no idea about Jesus, and like don't have the opportunity. And we're kind of like, la di da, like, yeah. uh, like I'm, I'm getting poured into, but I'm not pouring into other people, right. and so that, that like, gets me heated because I, I had struggled with that too, and right. I'm like, it, it just gets like so hard to think about because you have to be uncomfortable 
to do yeah. what the Lord's telling you to do. Yeah, literally. Okay, this might be all over the place, but I'm going to start with this. <laughs> um, Paul Washer, shocking message. Type it into Google. Type it into YouTube. It is a message that Paul Washer, he's a theologian, incredibly wise. He gave it a, like a D now. I don't even know how many years ago. A long time ago. And essentially what he's saying, he, he's like calling out the youth in America, saying, mm-hmm. hey, y'all are living life. <laughs> using grace, the grace of God as a crutch to go and do what you want and then go to church on Sunday. And that's just not the life we're called to live. Like, that's just not, that's not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, number one, go type that in. Go watch that. Because um, it ta- he also talks about a lot of what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are so many people in this world who have never heard the gospel. And I think we are so comfortable in our bubble that we don't even think to go outside of our bubble and like share the gospel with people who are in desperate need of it. And it is an urgent thing. Like this is something to look at with urgency. Cause like you said, Jesus is coming back and we are awaiting that day with eagerness. Mm-hmm. And also we are awaiting that day knowing that we don't know the time that it will come. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and multiple times you can flip through the gospels um, I want to see this in the gospel of Luke primarily where multiple times Jesus tells his disciples, Hey, stay awake, like be alert. You don't know the time or the day that I will return. So don't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like as, as a man who is like awaiting a thief that will enter his house, like do not fall asleep to this because mm-hmm. you don't know the time or the day. Mm-hmm. Only I know that. Right. And so until it's made apparent to you, go share my name like go share the gospel like this world and I I think I think our society like where we live today I really really think that there is I I would say comfortability is more a plague than anything because what it does is it keeps you seated where you are it it holds you back from propelling forward in your walk with Christ and it holds you back from propelling forward and going to the ends of the earth and doing as we've been commanded to do, expanding the church and making disciples and sharing the gospel. And I always just come back to, to the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Be alert, stay awake, like share the gospel with urgency and await his return eagerly because we don't know the time. We don't know the day that it's coming and it will be a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Like we know that it'll be glorious. His return will be triumphant it will be like like he will come he will wipe away our tears there will be no more sadness there will be no more fear no more shame praise god but again we don't know the time we don't know the day stay awake stay alert share the gospel urgently in the meantime um and that my youth pastor he used to say like you have to be uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel for in those uncomfortable moments that is where god will grow you and it truly is where God will grow you. And I think if you sit calloused to the people around you, if you kind of grow numb to the sin of the world, to the fact that people every single day are dying and going to hell, mm-hmm. like we can grow numb to that. And that is like, that's eternal significance. Like these people are dying. They're going to hell. There are people right now living dead in their sin who are in desperate need of a savior. And whether they've heard the gospel and they just haven't given, you know, you the time of day or whatever, like, wh- like whether or not it's sharing the gospel with them, it's something to pray for. I think we also forget the significance of prayer in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, go forth and share the gospel with urgency. I've said that multiple times, but 
also fall on your knees and pray fervently for those to come to know the Lord. Um, God, it says in the Psalms, like God is a God who is faithful to answer our prayers according to his righteousness. So when you pray for salvation, he is hearing your prayers and he will answer those prayers according to his righteousness, according to his will, which is something to take refuge in. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm rambling now, but like literally sharing the gospel is just so key and we don't do it. Like We just don't like it literally is a command. It's one of the commands in scripture. and We just don't do it. Right. Which kind of like gets me. I'm like, man, because I'm obviously I'm guilty of that. Like there are people that I and I think. And I, for me at least, I think it's because I fear people rejecting me. Like, I think I'm going to share the gospel and they're going to be like, no, you're an idiot. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. They're not reject. Like, don't take that rejection personally. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the truth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Walk away and pray. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should do. Like, don't go home and sit and think, oh, I just didn't like share it well, blah, blah, blah. No, pray that the spirit would use you. Mm-hmm. Go share the gospel. If they reject the truth of Jesus Christ, they are not rejecting you. That is something to then go pray for them. Like, right. go fall on your knees, fervently pray. Mm-hmm. And I think I've there's a book called Thank You for Rejecting Me. It's incredible. It cuts mm-hmm. a little. Um, <laughs> it hurts just a little bit. <laughs> um, but it talks about rejection and how we take it personally. And it specifically goes into sharing the gospel and why we're one of the reasons why we're fearful to go forth and do that and act in obedience is because we fear rejection, right. which is so silly mm-hmm. because they are not, again, they are not rejecting you. Right. You are not being rejected. And that goes back to like what you were saying earlier of how we're self-centered people. Yeah. Cause like you sharing the gospel is not about you. It's not, it's about glorifying the Lord. It's about bringing glory to his name. It's about taking a step in faith and obedience. And it's for the love of the person you're sharing it with. Like none of it is about you. Um, the Lord uses broken vessels praise God. Like mm-hmm. he uses broken vessels. He brings beauty forth from ashes. Um, and he will use you mm-hmm. open your hands. He will use you. But none of this at the end of the day is for your namesake is mm-hmm. for God's namesake. It's that he may be glorified. It's that his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven is for the love of the people you're sharing it with, which I think is another thing. Like, which uh, another reason why we don't share the gospel and we fear rejection is because we make it about us. Mm-hmm. When it's just not about us, yeah. <laughs> but it's so easy to fall into that mindset. Yeah. No, I think another thing that I've heard a lot too is like, we fear, like you said, we make it kind of about us and we fear that rejection. But if you really think about it, the people that are around you, you obviously have them around you because you care about them right. and you not sharing the gospel does them a disservice. Yeah. So like you not telling them the truth is actually you saying, you know, I don't care enough about you to have you come to heaven with me because you and and that's like I know that sounds like really aggressive and like uh, you don't care about anybody. But like I've become this person, too, because I'm like, I don't want to I don't want them to feel like I'm pushing this on them or I don't want them to feel like this. But if you're planting that seed and they come back and they ask questions. Yeah. Like, the Lord had placed that on your heart to talk to them about, and the Holy Spirit's working inside them, but they need help. Like, they need somebody on earth to help them, you know, like, disciple them and mentor them. And so something that I read a long time ago is, like, it it's just not about you. And you are doing somebody a disservice by not telling them the great news. That's like if we had this illness and there was a cure and like you were running around with the cure but you wanted to keep it to yourself 
And you're just like, no, like, I don't really want to share it because I don't want people to think I'm crazy or anything. But then you're hiding this cure. You're hiding the solution to a worldwide pandemic, which Mm -hmm. we're we're going through. (laughs) But it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, that, we have the cure to death because... Jesus died and rose. And I know that is used over and over again. And again, we've become numb to the fact that Jesus was killed, murdered. Gruesome death. Yes. We've become numb to that story. I remember specifically in Bible class in like third grade going over the story of Jesus dying on the cross and just weeping in class because everybody tells you yeah like yeah he died on the cross nobody tells you the the thorns that were stuck in his head they had stuff on them that but seeped into his his body yeah he prayed that god would let that cut pass like, yes i think and i think i love that you're saying that because i think also like we just obviously we just had easter and um one thing with my breakaway team that we talked about at team time before breakaway that tuesday of that week because we talked about good friday we talked about holy week and I just remember, because I remember starting last year and then this year again, walking through Holy Week leading up to Easter Sunday, you have to sit in the weight of the crucifixion. Like, I think we can kind of, like, make it rated G of like, oh, Jesus died on the cross, and then you move on. But Jesus literally was on his knees in the garden. His friends had fallen asleep. He felt abandoned and rejected. He felt alone, and he prayed to God that the cup would pass from him, but not his will, but God's be done. Mm -hmm. And we see, like, these thorns in his head. His side was pierced. He was nailed to this cross. And as he was nailed to the cross, like, he, someone was explaining this to me a couple of years ago, how whenever they were nailed to the cross when they were crucified, the cause of death ultimately was like i think i'm gonna say this wrong but the cause of death ultimately was asphyxiation where their like lungs are filling with fluid and they're basically suffocating um while being nailed to a cross and when you think truly of the gruesome details of the crucifixion it shows you the weight of sin like hey that like sin did that like the reason for this death is because of sin and last year I was watching something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a message from the porch and JD Rogers. He is at the porch. He's awesome. And he was talking about how his father would walk around with a list in his wallet of his transgressions, pretty much like of his sins. Um, but stamped on his list was to tell us paid in full. Mm-hmm. And he would look at that list and remember, these are my transgressions and more. This is what nailed Jesus to the cross. Mm-hmm. But to Telestai, paid in full. That's what the, his death accomplished. And then when he rose from the grave, proving he is who he says he is, like claiming that victory over death, like we now share in that. We are now partakers in his glory. And so I thought it was so sweet. And I literally have a list. <laughs> I like, it's on my bedside table um, of my transgressions. And I look at it and I remember, okay, this is what nailed Jesus to the cross. But I am forgiven because he was nailed to the cross like this is now what his death and his resurrection mean but it's just so huge you have to sit in the weight of of the crucifixion and also like i just want to circle back you were talking about um like obviously sharing the gospel i've been saying that all the time um but i and like having a cure and why would you not share the cure and i think it's in the book of esther where esther goes on behalf of her people the jews 
um, she approaches the king, her husband at the time, and, and tells him of who she is. And ultimately, her obedience leads to her people being saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to say it was Mordecai, her uncle, which if you've never read the book of Esther, go read it. It's a beautiful narrative. I believe it's the only book of the Bible who that doesn't like explicitly mention God's name, right. um, which is crazy because God's all over this book, you guys. Um, but I think it's Mordecai, her uncle, who tells her like, hey, if it's like not you, if you don't do this, God will raise up somebody else. Like someone else will be raised up. I could be wrong on this. Again, go open your Bible, and if I'm wrong, correct me. You're great. Um, but essentially, like, the message is like, hey, if you're not going to go, someone else will. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not – God's not banking on you. He's not banking on, like, your obedience to accomplish his will. It's his will, right. and his will is holy. It is perfect. He is sovereign and authoritative. It will be done. But I think we should want to be a part of this. Like, mm-hmm. it is something so much bigger than us. It is like you and I can sit here and we can talk about these things. Like, God's transformed our lives. Like, right. we are joyful in that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we should want to be a part of this narrative. We should want to share the gospel, to bring our creator glory, to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves because of our love for God and because of his love for us. It's I think it's in First John where it says that we then go love because he first loved us we forgive because we've first been forgiven Mm -hmm. and so those things should propel us forward in eagerness to like want to go forth to share this cure to share this truth of salvation to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and and know like if if you won't god is not saying dang it yeah (laughs) like no he's saying okay my will is gonna be done i'm not banking on you i will raise someone else right and i think we should just really we need to fight to rest um in his arms to rest in his presence where there is fullness of joy and allow that to seep into our every being to to pray that the holy spirit would stir in us an affection for god's word um in his presence above all other things and that will give you the eagerness Mm -hmm. to go forth and share the gospel like i think also if you try on your own accord to muster up the want to go and share the gospel like it's just not like that you're you're banking on your own on your own flesh your own your own strength mm-hmm. and that's just not what we're what we're to do and thank thank god that's not what we have to do right. but rather in our weakness his strength is made perfect and mm-hmm. he is our strength mm-hmm. um so yeah that was kind of all over the place but like moral <laughs> of the story and what i'm trying to say is like pursue spending time in god's word above all other things and from that the bible says itself like God's word teaches and reproves and corrects. Um, And in that, you will dwell in his presence. You will experience his fullness of joy. And from that, from that joy that you've experienced in his presence, you will want to go forth and share the gospel and bring people in. Because again, it is not for your name's sake, but it's for his name's sake. Mm -hmm. And we should want to be a part of this narrative. Right. No, I, yeah, that was really good. No, that was really good. I think, it's crazy to me being um like when you really think of like the grand scheme of things and you just kind of like look back and you're like okay if god's putting this on my heart and he's telling me to do something pretty Mm -hmm. explicitly like imagine just saying no to the most powerful man that's ever not even a man like he literally created everything and we have the audacity to say "Eh, maybe tomorrow (laughs) like which is crazy because i even sometimes i think like if i were face to face with god and i told him no 
Like, I wouldn't dare tell him that. No. But then also knowing, like, okay, when I'm disobedient, he's still, per- like, he's still, I'm still forgiven. I think, right. like, that always blows my mind. Like, even when, even when we're disobedient, even when we have the audacity to look our creator in the face and say, eh, I don't want to. <laughs> He still, like, loves... And, again, that's not a crutch to use. Right. Do not use it as a crutch. Yeah. Um, but, if anything, it should pull us even... It should make us want to say yes. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, again, like, we always will fall short. Right. Like, and so it's nice to know, like, hey, you do your best. But when right. you fall short, I'm there to carry you the rest of the God way. I'm literally holding you. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's a refreshing thing, not for this whole episode to sound like... We're yeah. like yelling at you, like get yeah. out of your, get off your butt and start now. Like, just quit <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, it is like a wake up call. It was yeah. a wake up call for me reading Radical. It took yeah. me two months to get through it because I really, it's just not a book you just sit and like read in one read and you're like, oh man, that was great. You like you really, time. you have to take your time, yeah. read it. I mean, I highlighted it. I don't usually highlight books, yeah, but like. I was like, there's just so many good things. I'm definitely going to have to go back and read it. But yeah. I recommend it to everybody because it is a wake-up call that we need. And, right. like, I, yeah, anyways, I, I literally just think that everybody should read it. But yeah. we have to close out eventually. Yeah. I know. We can sit here and talk for I know. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> it's just so good. And I just, like, want everybody to hear about this because it really like if it doesn't break your heart that there are so many people dying and not going to heaven like you this needs to be a wake-up call like you should be very very upset about the fact that people die every day and they don't know about jesus's love and so and we're kind of sitting in this comfortability of jesus's love and have the audacity to like allow this to happen without us doing anything about it so anyways <laughs> good good closing message yeah. um but i have three questions that i usually ask at the hey. end of the podcast right. so the first one is like um what's your favorite verse right now Ooh. okay my favorite verse right now ephesians two thirteen says for you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of christ Honestly, all of two, Ephesians 2. <laughs> but Ephesians 2.13 has been a huge verse for me recently. Mm-hmm. Just rem- like remembering, okay, I was once far off by the blood of Christ. I've been brought near to the Lord, mm-hmm. and he draws near to me. Um, so Ephesians 2.13, also Psalm 34, um, where it talks about tasting and seeing the Lord's goodness. He draws near to the brokenhearted. Those who look upon him, their faces are radiant. They shall never be ashamed. So, yeah. Fast answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's good. It's like the lightning round is what yeah. my mom calls it. And then the second question is, what's your favorite book right now? Since we've been talking about David Platt this whole time. My favorite book right now. That is a hard question. And if it's a couple, that's fine. We I have, might, we I have might have to give a few. I've, so I've done more reading this semester than I have ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading through Gentle and Lowly. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Couldn't recommend it enough. Um, Gentle and Lowly. Get out of your head, Jenny Allen. Mm-hmm. Our girl Jenny. Yeah, I, I love, love her. Um, man, I could sit here for a while and think about a third one, so I'm just gonna leave it at those two. <laughs> Gentle Lowly. I would say the author's name, but I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not gonna do him a disservice on that. <laughs> just go Google Gentle and Lowly, and then get out of your head, Jenny Allen. Yeah, I feel like Jenny Allen's books are also really good, like wake up call books too. So good. And like so I have good. Get Out of Your Head, and I 
remember my friend Peyton Rose reading it and she you could tell an immediate difference with her and so it was just it's like really awesome seeing that stuff with books and I I have never grown up liking to read and I had did the same thing like this year I was like I'm going to shoot for a book a month which is kind of fast for me um but Radical took me a bit and I didn't expect that so I'm gonna catch up you know this summer or whatever but yeah, it's just, I think reading is important and yeah. getting out of your comfort zone. Like, even if yeah. you don't like reading, yeah. read like 10 pages a day or something. Yeah. Which I have a note about reading. Sorry. I have a note. Um, Jack Shutt, he is on staff at Breakaway, and he said this, which I think is huge. It's part of why I've been reading so much this semester. He encouraged all the team leaders to lean into reading theological books for, as a means of like refining your theology, as a means of sanctification. Like, even through that, the Lord can grow you. Um, which is huge. <clears throat> Sorry. And also like reading for your self-development. So I think I would challenge y'all also. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a challenger. <laughs> um, I, exhortation is like huge for me. Um, but, like, I would challenge you to like open a book. Even if you're not a reader, go like get the audio, like audio book. Um, cause reading theological books are huge in refining your theology, which I think is so important. Right. No, I agree. That's kind of how I was too. I was like, I want to know a lot more than I know. Yeah. Like, I want to have knowledge. And yeah. with me right now, with, like, I still have kind of, like, bad memory with my concussion, so I'm working on it. So, mm-hmm. like, memorizing verses is really tough for me. Yeah. So, I'm like, if I understand the concepts and all of that in, right. like, different perspectives, I right. could explain stuff better. Yeah. So, anyways, before we go on another tangent with that. No, no, no. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. <laughs> And then the last question is, this is a tough one. Okay. So what is your favorite part about God's creation? (laughs) My favorite part about God's creation. That's a really good question. I've never heard that question before. Okay. I would say my favorite part about God's creation. I don't know if this is going to fully answer your question. I'm going to try, though. Um, I would say... Again, I don't know if it's going to answer your question, but I would say his intimacy and intentionality in his act of creating, mm-hmm. um, also his holiness and his sovereignty in his act of creating. God is a triune God, um, therefore, like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all being God, all distinctly, their own person type deal. If you ever have questions about that, got questions is a great resource because <laughs> um, that can be a lot to take in. But he is so holy like holier than we could ever imagine and so i would say my favorite aspect of creation is just his role in creating Mm -hmm. um like how god through the spirit jesus the son of god being the agent of creation spoke things into being showing his like authority his sovereignty but then also in creating man said okay let's make man in our image um which I, again is huge. Let's make man in our image, and then was in te- like intentional and intimate in creating man by getting hands on from the dust we were formed. Um, so I'd say my favorite part of creation is just his role in creation mm-hmm. and his role as the creator, because he's a holy and a divine creator. He creates with purpose, um, and all things are beautiful. All things can bring him glory. Like we were literally created in his image to bring him glory. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that even I don't know if that's what you were going for. No, no, yeah. But that's my answer. I would just say my favorite aspect of God's creation is like looking at his creation, whether it be people, whether it be nature, 
whatever it is and seeing the divineness of our creator in those things yeah yeah Yeah. no that's a good that's a good no that's a really good answer because something that i've learned with my kinesiology major and like learning about anatomy and all of how that functions is the weirdest thing because i'm in biology right now and learning about like cells and mitosis and all that garbage um not garbage i hate to say garbage but it's tough it's a lot but that's what's crazy about it is it's so like every cell goes it's through like, division. It's so meticulous, like <laughs> yes. every little thing, and it's like that. God did that. Yeah, like, no, but nothing could you? do that. Nothing no. could like I don't. It that's what's hard to wrap my head around. Like yeah. I, like he he did all of that, and and only he can. And only he can. Only that's what is crazy to think about. Like yeah. how could you not? Almost yeah. like in my head, I'm like, how could you not believe it? How God? could you see that? And yes, not believe like go through God. biology 1406 Eppelin, and you will believe in God because uh, there's <laughs> like <laughs> because it is crazy That's photosynthesis, true. cellular respiration, and all that. And all I can promise you, after that class, you will be. I mean, you'll be praying too because it's hard. But yeah. um, <laughs> but but you not will only also will you come to know the Lord, but you will come to depend <laughs> on Him like never before. Yes, and so I think it's just. It's just crazy to think that he yeah. did everything, like you said, with intentionality mm. and everything, like he did it for a reason. Everything right. is Everything just, has purpose. Right. That's And the purpose is literally to bring him glory. Right. Like what? He is for his glory. He's for our good. It's a big, like, foam Love finger glory. pointing to the Lord of, like, yeah. yeah, he did that. Only he could do that. And so yeah. it's just pretty crazy. But... Yeah, I want to say thank you so much for being on this. I love this episode. I can't wait for my Nana to call me and be like, hey, I love that episode. Because she always does. Yes, but thank you everybody for listening or watching or whatever you decide to do today. I am very thankful for all of you guys. And um, yeah, so just finish out this week. If you're taking finals, good luck. If you're done with finals, congratulations. And um you know, if you're not in school, good for you. Yeah, honestly, good for you. Really? Yeah, <laughs> but I am um, just thankful for you guys. Um, but go into the rest of this week and just kick it off strong and be a light for the Lord in everything you do, and be the reason someone smiles today. You never know who needs it. But anyways, bye guys. Bye.